0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator. The Eagles are at the podium and we have it covered here for you thanks to the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. that's K-I-S-T. And today we have the annual pre-draft press conference with Howie Roseman and his right-hand man, Amy Weidel, who is the assistant director of player personnel. Now, this, of course, wasn't a traditional press conference taking place at a podium for obvious reasons. This was done remotely via video conferencing, so the audio might not be as clean as usual, but I've done my best to clean it up. Uh, they're also going to be talking about the pre-draft process where they stand right now their philosophy so there's a ton of good nuggets in there remember subscribe to the bgn feed and follow at bgn underscore radio to get notified when all these shows are dropping as you're about to get a flurry of them when the draft hits what you'll have is you'll get our usual lineup of shows throughout the week here but during the draft there's also going to be some instant reaction shows for each pick so you're going to get a short reaction show And that'll be a combination of people probably or just maybe we're still figuring that out. And then you're also going to have later on a more fully fleshed out show delving into that specific selection. We're also planning to stream live on Instagram during the first two nights of the draft. So you'll get to join me, Brandon Lee Gowton, and Seamus Clancy as we react to everything as it goes down. For that, you're going to want to be subscribed to Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. Or you can always just click the link when we drop it on the Twitter timeline. All right, let's get to Howie Roseman and Andy Weidel's pre-draft chat with the media right now.
2: Hope everyone and their families are doing well. Thanks for taking the time today. Uh, before we start, I just want to uh, talk a little bit about the fact that we lost three legends this past week, Eagles legends, and our thoughts are with their families, Tom Dempsey, Timmy Brown, and Pete Gretzloff. Um, You know, I know that everyone here is trying to stay calm and stay focused. I think it's important also that we recognize those people Um, and obviously the Eagles family is thinking of them and their families. Uh, I want to thank all the individuals and people in the organization who are doing so many great things in our community right now. You know, really for us, it's inspirational. It starts with our owner, Jeffrey Lurie, the stuff that he's doing, the donation that he made uh, around the league. It's really incredible. And, Uh, I think in the next week we're going to use this opportunity and this platform of the draft to do some things uh, that contribute to that and recognize the people that are doing things and are working at this time when uh, all of us are fortunate to be able to be in draft prep. So uh, just wanted to make sure that we recognize those people. And next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is a great opportunity for us to do that. Really appreciative of the staff that we have with the Eagles, our coaches, Um, Obviously, our scouts, uh, everyone in the front office, the IT people, they've been unbelievable, really. Uh, It's just to see these people come together, it's amazing when you get in a moment like this to see how everyone reacts. So um, just wanted to thank them for their help.
0: Okay, we'll open it up to questions. We'll start with um, Dave Zingaro, and then we'll go to Paul Domowicz. Go ahead and unmute yourselves. Hey, guys. Um, I guess this is a question for both of you. uh, With how unique this draft is when next Thursday night happens, how will it specifically work, the lines of communication, uh, and how many times are you going to run through it over the next week to make sure you have it right?
2: Well, I'll start. Microsoft Teams has been a godsend for us. It's been really incredible, the amount of communication that we've had over it. Uh, how it's functioning, how it's working. And so we'll have different rooms, um, big groups, small trainers, coaches, obviously, Jeffrey, Coach Peterson. Um, as we get kind of closer to it, we'll have the same people doing a lot of the same things that they've done. You know, Anthony Patch, really, for the last 20 years, has been the guy on the phone telling us about the picks in front of us and then um, helping us kind of figure out how much time left he'll be doing that. Uh, the person who makes the trade calls will still be doing that with the league. So uh, we're going to try to keep it as normal as possible in the communication level as good as we can.
0: How many times are you guys going to run through mock draft scenarios before the day?
2: We'll have a lot of opportunities to do that. And then I think it's been publicly reported that the league will have a mock draft up Monday to run through it as well. Um, so we'll have fun making some mock trades.
0: Okay, we'll go to Damo, and
3: then go to uh, Mike K. Yeah, this is for uh, both Howie and Andy. Uh, I know the major focus of most people is on the first and second rounds of this draft, but you guys have four of your eight picks in a forty in a forty three pick span there right now between one hundred three and one forty six in the third and fourth rounds. Uh, how have you approached that strategically? Uh, is it a good place to have multiple picks this year? And, and, and at what positions? Andy. Those are great. We we have eight picks, and, and those eight picks are eight opportunities we look at. Um, we're excited. Third round, fourth round, second round, fifth round. Uh, we feel there's players on every level of this draft, and uh, we've stacked the board such. So we're excited for the, each pick and each opportunity that we're going to have.
0: Okay, we'll go to Mike, and then we'll go to uh, Berman. Uh, Howie, given the uncertainty regarding next year's football season and draft class, how will you weigh next year's draft picks and potential trades and um, potential deals
2: down the road? It's no different than in any draft. You know, we've always valued the present and the future. That's our responsibility to make sure that we're competing not only this year, but going forward, especially, you know, we talk about having a quarterback um, who's 27 years old, so uh, I think it all depends on the opportunity. It all depends on the value. You saw it a couple of years ago when you we were picking 32 and we were able to drop down and get a future second round pick. So we'll weigh all those opportunities um, as they come towards us.
0: Okay. We'll go Zach and then Les. Allie, when you spoke to us at the
3: combine, you were reluctant then to really talk about the depth of the wide receiver class before you had all the information. Now that, you have that, how would you characterize this class and how deep into the class do you think it goes where you can find quality receivers?
2: Well, you know, fool fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Is that how the saying goes? We've been in this situation a couple of times with uh, strong classes, and I think it's come back to bite me to talk about it. So I would just say, you know, what we're doing is we're trying to stack the board based on the quality of the player um, obviously there's some positions that have more depth than others. And uh, I know a lot of uh, other people have had the opportunity to talk about uh, that specific position in that class, but, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and say, just because there's a perceived position of strength, that that's where we're going to, we're going to choose from.
0: Okay. We'll go less. And then Martin, Frank.
3: Hey, I'd like to ask this to both of you. Um, the wide receiver position, which we were just
1: talking about, Why is it so difficult to evaluate? I've seen statistics that it's right up there with quarterback in terms of first round uh, misses, uh, guys that don't work out. Uh, What goes into that? And Howie, in your history with the team, looking back on guys, wide receivers
3: who didn't become everything you had hoped, what can you see there? Is there a common thread? Is there something you've learned about that over the years? And you want to take the first part of that? Sure. Uh, you know it, it's uh, Time will tell with this, with this draft class, as with each class, um, but it's, it's an exciting class. There's different flavors, obviously, different types of receivers, and there's plenty of them in this draft and at, at every level we feel. So um, we're excited. Uh, our scouts have done a great job getting to know these players, stacking the board. We had an excellent round of meetings last week with our coaches, and everybody had a chance to voice their opinion. And, uh, you know, we're excited about the strength, the depth, and uh, the level of players that are in this draft at the receiver position.
1: But what, as a
3: scout, what does he sound hard about that, about that position? I think it's, it's case by case. Um, I think it's getting to know the players. Um, and, I, and I think it's just watching the guy. you know, what you see, the vision of the player. There's a lot of things that come into play. Uh, when you're evaluating receivers as in any position in this business?
2: I think also, Les, you know, when we talk about the receiver position, what was going on five, ten years ago and where these guys were raised and how they were groomed at the high school level and the advent of seven-on-seven camps. So now these guys, they have so much more experience in the passing game. So I don't know that, you know, what was going on in 2010 is the same for evaluating the position now. Um, But obviously, coverages are different uh, in the National Football League. Uh, The quality of the corner play is different. And you got these college coaches who are able to scheme up uh, opportunities and moving guys around because in college football, there's obviously not the same level of play in the secondary uh, that you have in the National Football League. So I think sometimes that's been the the part of the evaluation that in the past that, you know, you don't take for granted. Now, in terms of us and, and what we've done, We got to look at that. We got to look at at the guys we brought in and the reasons they they were brought in and um, the guys who had success who haven't. I mean, we talked about it at some point this offseason about the fact that, you know, it was surprising to us just going back and and how much we value production about some of the success that some guys last year had um, coming into the NFL and being uh, productive right away. So we got to look at that stuff and we got to learn from it and make sure that we're doing whatever we can to add talent to our team.
0: Okay, Martin,
1: and then uh, Jimmy Kempsey. Hey, Howie, Andy, how's it going? Um, I wanted to ask you, um, you guys obviously made the trade for Darius Slay and you gave up two of your 10 draft picks. Does that make you more or less reluctant to like make another deal? Um, Especially like in the first round, if you feel there's someone you really want to have to move up up for?
2: Dealer. Um, so I think that, I, you know, when we look when we look at, at that draft, I mean, that trade, you know, we valued that trade based on the other option to us that was there in free agency, how much we were going to have to spend the first few years of that deal, and then what we, we can get uh, with the money that we kind of saved, and was that worth the value of the draft picks? And I think when we look at whether we're moving up in, in any round, first round, second round, third round, you know, the fourth round. I think we just kind of look at, at the value of the player, where the board drops off. If we see a big gap and there's a big drop off, then we'll look at that. If we feel like there's a group of guys that we really like that we can choose from, uh, then we'll probably stay put or move back. You know, I look at it kind of I remember in 2010 when we traded up for Brandon Graham and then we moved back in the second round and and got some of those picks back. So, you know, there's ways to do that. there's different ways uh, to kind of go through this draft process, and we'll be ready for all those opportunities.
0: Okay, Jimmy, and then Ruben.
1: Uh, Howie, in the past, you've said that wide receivers take more time to acclimate uh, to the pro level than some other positions. You take a year or two before they should be expected to become starting level players. With the success that uh, some rookie receivers have had around the league over the last few years, has that philosophy changed in any way? And do you feel that there are receivers in this upcoming draft who can be immediate key contributors?
2: Yeah, the first part of that, I'd probably go back to my answer to less uh, and talk about how the wide receiver has been groomed and how it's kind of played out um, in high school and college football, you know, high school offenses are changing. And so these guys are coming more to college and then college offenses have changed and the advent of how popular passing game is and spread formations and getting on the field earlier and getting more experience and, uh coming to the NFL uh, more prepared. So I think it has changed, and in, in terms of guys who're ready to come in, I think that'd be great for Andy to talk about a little bit.
3: Yeah, it's it's just a piggyback on that. It's become a space game, and it's became become a game of matchups, um, spreading people out, and, and receivers that can win on all three levels early, top of the route, and, and guys that can stretch the field. So um, it's just it's it's become a one-on-one league and in, in a in a space game and, and guys that can win and guys that can go bubble rim and play the football um it's really evolved into that I believe
0: okay hey, Ruben then McLean or we could just go to McLean if Ruben's not ready
3: I'm here I'm here gotta unmute
0: uh, how's everybody doing uh Howie you talked a lot about how 2015 uh shaped you and and, and everything you've learned that year and I was just wondering how that experience kind of manifests itself in draft day with you. You talked about your, you know, communication and everything and collaborative and working with, I'm just wondering how that all
1: kind of translates to what happens in the draft room um, as far as, uh, you know, just the way you go about uh, your business on draft day.
2: Yeah, I think that when I look back at at, at my time uh, as a GM in Foley, they, there are also different Regimes, You know, obviously started out um, with Coach Reed and, and Joe and that staff and um, and then Coach Kelly and how that worked. So it's always been kind of a different environment and atmosphere. And then coming back and, and Coach Peterson and the staff that we have now, um, you know, I think that it, it's kind of reliance on, on having a lot of good people and hearing everyone's voice uh, and uh, trying to be collaborative. But at the same time, also making sure that. Uh, we're doing what's right for the team and having a kind of a vision a big picture vision because I've you know, heard this a lot from us but we're not just trying to collect talent we're trying to build a team and we're trying to figure out with the resources that we have what makes the most sense what we can get in agency what we can get in the trade what we can possibly get in the draft you know where it's strong where it's weak and you know I, I think that that year was great to kind of take a step back and and look at some of the things and and one of the things that i thought was really important was was the regrets, you know, regrets about maybe uh, trying to win the draft as opposed to getting the best player for the Philadelphia Eagles. And so um, for us, that's that's what it's all about. It's not about, you know, the next day and the draft grades that we're getting. It's about adding the right players, the right fits for the Philadelphia Eagles for the short term and, and most importantly, the long term.
0: Okay, Jeff, and then uh, McManus. Uh, Howie, we've, uh, we've sure. asked you before about Carson Wentz's involvement in – yeah, you know, with draft prospects, he knows players. He's worked out with them before, and we've seen that play out with certain players. But this is the first draft that you guys have had since he signed out a contract extension, and we've heard so much about you guys wanting to bring in guys, guys that he can, he can grow with. Um, does his voice – is his voice any louder? Uh, and obviously it's a little harder because you're not seeing him all the time, but what kind of uh, input will he have
2: into this year's draft? Yeah, you know, Carson, I know he's got his hands full. He's expecting a, a baby any day now. And, um, you know, for us, we want to communicate with all our players. Obviously, Carson's a huge part of it. And being able to sit down with him after the season and, and talk about our vision and, and just kind of keep in touch with him and make sure that he's okay and his family's okay is the priority. Uh, in the past, he had the opportunity to work out with some guys, but obviously with social distancing and everything going on, um, it's not the same way. So um, anytime we can get valuable information from any of our players about guys they know, guys they're part of, it's important to listen to that because, you know, a lot of this, it's dating before you marry. And so you, you don't really know anyone until they're really in your building, um, unless they already have that experience with them.
0: Okay, Tim, and then John McMullen.
1: How you've talked in the, the past about how you see the first round in terms of how many guys you have first-round grades on and how it breaks down in tiers. Uh, how do you see this class in that respect?
2: Yeah, there's certainly a drop-off in every draft. It's it's very unusual to sit there and say that you got 32 first-round grades on, guys. It's just not realistic. And and so for us, you know, it is the opportunity to get a young difference maker, hopefully. Um, and so we have a cut-off on guys on the board um, where we think the talent level drops off and um, we're optimistic that we'll be able to get someone who will do a great job for our football team and make an impact uh, not only next year but going forward.
0: Okay, go ahead, John, and then um, John Clark.
3: Uh, Hi, guys. Uh, For both of you, Howie, you kind of mentioned about this process being like getting married, uh, getting prospects into the building. With the current uncertainty, you don't know when that's going to happen. How has it affected your evaluation through this whole process for you and it?
2: Well, I'd say, and and Andy, you can step in whenever. I'd say that it's credit to our our scouts, our coaches, everyone in the building, who's really taken this time to know these guys as well as I can. You know, I'm sure that there are a lot of players in this draft who are sick and tired of seeing two one five numbers come up on their phone and to have these conversations because guys are taking it as their responsibility, uh, whether it's scouts, whether it's coaches to make sure that they know everything about these guys, to make sure that they're getting their work done, to know as much as they'd know if they had them in person. So that's just a credit to our staff and the job they're doing led by Andy.
3: Yeah, just to to touch on that even more, our scouts are the first ones in in the fall. They're the ground troops. They go into the schools. They get the information on the players. And through the process, as we get into the All-Star Games, uh, we, we spend time with with each player and, and we do individual interviews and sometimes we do group interviews and formal interviews at the Senior Bowl, 15 or 16 guys. And then we had the uh, 45 at the Combine this year. And you just take all that information that you have. Everybody's in the same boat. And uh, to, our, to credit, our, our staff has been aggressive and creative, the video chats and spending as much time with the players as we can and in, in doing the best job possible. So we, uh, we, we've done a really good job in getting to know these players, we feel, and uh, we're excited for next week.
0: Hey, John Clark, and then Kristen Rogers.
1: Good morning, guys. Uh, question for both of you about uh, not being able to have that, you know, look the player in the eye contact after the combine and maybe get that gut sense. So if there's any medical issues or character issues, how much are you gonna wrestle maybe making a safe pick in this environment versus you really maybe could get a talent and the value above maybe uh, that spot that you're picking in.
3: Andy. I think you just, I think you take all the information you have and you make the best decision you can on, on each player, uh, on each individual case. And uh, you know, that's, what, that's what we've done in, the, in this entire process. Uh, the film evaluations, the all-star evaluations, the combine evaluation, meeting with the players when we had the opportunity, uh, we're going to do the best you can. And, and at the end, you, you trust your instinct and your judgment and, on the, and you take all that information and data and uh, you make the best decision possible.
0: Okay. Kristen and then Bo Wolf. Hi.
1: Good Howie and Andy, Howie, this is for you. You know, we're all making adjustments right now during this time of COVID-19 from just doing this over zoom right now to how the draft is going to be conducted. Can you appreciate the fact that we're even having a draft right now and having that sense of normalcy for fans out there?
2: Yeah, I, I know I speak for Andy when I say we feel very fortunate that we've been able to put our head down and really focus on our jobs. And I know that that's not going for everyone. And so you know, uh, we want to make sure that we're we're doing the right thing as we go through this this period of time and and this distraction and hopefully provide a welcome distraction for our fans. And and that's one of the things that I was talking about when I opened this conversation. We have some ideas here to utilize this platform to um, really take advantage of next week. And I already see, you know, Jeffrey's done it and it's happening in our area with the All-In Challenge and what we're doing there. And, Um, I just made bid for that opportunity to make our play call for Coach Peterson. And um, I think that at the end of the day, you know, it's just um, we don't take that lightly. We don't take that lightly that uh, we've had this opportunity to really put our head down. And we're going to try to make a difference uh, for our football team and and give our fans something to be really excited about uh, as we get into the fall.
1: guys uh i wonder if you could just both tell us exactly what your like home office setups are like and what they're going to be like during the draft where you are in your house and like what what you have there
2: yeah so you know I, i'm fortunate i have a home office um and about two years ago pat Dolan, who heads our video group uh he came out and he outfitted it, like it was my my office at no care uh, he gave me all all the bells and whistles so I could wash tape, so I can use our scouting system. So I, I had all the resources at my disposal. And uh, he did that because there were times that we'd be in the offseason or be late at night and I wouldn't have everything I needed. And, uh, you know, there's really no excuses for our, our setup right now. It's, it's incredible. Uh, it's a great tribute to our staff to put us in the position that it's really been seamless. And as we talk about draft day, you know, I know some some GMs, uh, some people that I'm friends with have, have given people an opportunity to see it, which you know I'll do here. And we're just going to add all the bells and whistles that we would have there so that there's really, um, obviously we have a state-of-the-art draft room, an amazing draft room, and we'll miss that and we'll miss the, the, the contact. You know, one of my things, as Andy knows, is that before I start the draft, I go around and uh, fist bumps for everyone in the draft room and after we make picks, you know, having that that clapping and everyone's excited and watching the highlights together. But we're gonna to try to do that. We're gonna to try to have all those things that, that we have there and uh, have those opportunities. And again, you know, we're not making any excuses for this. There's people who are dealing with a lot worse than we're dealing with. And um, we feel fortunate that we have this opportunity to improve our football team next week.
3: Yeah, just to touch Andy, on that as well. My, uh, my office is on the first floor of our house here and I've actually taken my wife uses. This, use this for her business and uh, i've overtaken it she's let me use it for this uh for the month in a foreseeable future um but it, it's the same thing pat dolan our it department video anthony cozy they've been absolute rock stars and this has been a, a seamless tradition we've been efficient we've been able to get our work done the connectivity we felt as as one uh, with our group last week 30 people plus on the calls was outstanding uh it was it was a great transition And uh, we've been very efficient, very fortunate. And uh, like how we said, we got a chance to bring some excitement and uh, some hope and hopefully make our fans proud with the work we're going to do next weekend.
2: Are you guys going
1: to have to have some fun over a three-day period? Are you going to have to sequester the kids next
2: Um, week? It's it's an issue. You know, it's funny. I don't even know that I told Andy this. Um, I got got on a chat with a bunch of other GMs because our kids get an opportunity to go to these meetings, uh, these league meetings. And, and so they all hang out together and, and they've been fortunate to kind of grow up together, which is really special. And uh, we're trying to figure out stuff to keep them busy during the draft. So that, you know, normally I'll get text messages from my boys uh, about stuff that's going on in the draft and I won't pay attention to them. Um, now now the knocking on the door, we're, we're gonna have to make sure we give them some things to do here uh, to keep them busy. So. Um, I, I think it, it's a different dynamic, but when we're in the draft room, you know, we got some position coaches that are doing the same thing. So we'll pull on that. Thanks, guys. Okay. We'll go Nick and then Jeff Skvorsky.
1: Uh Hi guys. Um, this is a question for both of you. Um, it's kind of a two-parter. Uh, it, it's been suggested. I, I think that uh, Steelers, that the Steelers GM Kevin Colbert was uh, hoping to maybe get this draft extended to 10 rounds just because of the, what you're facing this year. Uh, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that and also how that might impact. It's obviously not going to be 10 rounds; It's going to be seven, but do you think that the, uh, I want to know what your thoughts are going to be on the the kind of like the mad rush for the undrafted free agents uh, after the draft, you know, maybe compared to other years.
2: I'll make sure I'm I'm answering any questions uh, over uh, the league stuff. So my boy over here can stay out of trouble, but, uh, that, you know, um, obviously those things are, are done at a higher level and uh, the issues with the union and the CEC that we're not involved with, you know, just just tell us the rules and what we got to do and we'll be ready to go. And so um, that we're, we're, there's nothing that changed in, in that environment, you know, after the draft, that process is hectic to say the least when we're all together. And so now we have this this situation where there are going to be people who are you know obviously handling certain positions, uh, and Andy and his group do a great job of that. You know Jake Rosenberg and Bryce um, they're helping as well. Our analytics group with Alec they're helping as well. And we just have to over communicate because we certainly don't want to be in a position where we're over committing to guys and we're not communicating about the spots. So. When you talk about mock drafts, you have to have a mock post free agency period. So we understand how the communication is gonna work and um, we got a lot of passionate scouts and coaches who wanna bring players into the building, but we also wanna make sure that not committing to someone and when we roster spot taken. Andy?
3: Yeah, it's just a lot of it's about relationships and connectivity in this business and our scouts establishing relationships with the players as they go through the all-star process and we get to the combine, you get a chance to spend some time with the player. And and now with the video chats and the Skypes, um, all those all those come into play. And uh, it's about being a good salesperson and, and being a good recruiter. And uh, across the board, it's been a collective, unbelievable effort. Um, as how we touched on from Jake Rosenberg to Alec to our scouts, uh, everybody. It's been all hands on deck, and uh, it, it's been an admirable effort. And, uh, we're and we're excited and that we're excited have the board stacked and uh, we got a chance to, to really add to this team. And we know the opportunity that's going to come after after the draft, after that last pick in the seventh round.
0: OK, we'll go, Jeff and then Bob Groats.
3: Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for uh, doing this. We appreciate it. I wanted to ask you both
1: if you can both answer this question. When you look at your roster right now at this point. How much do you feel that the necessary, how necessary do you think it is to address a position right now? As you look at your rosters or one or two positions that you say to yourself, we need to address right here, right now for this upcoming season.
2: Yeah. You just don't want to get in a situation where then you, you force things. And obviously it's human nature to see a hole on your roster or see a position that you want to upgrade and feel like you just are going to use this opportunity to do just that. But, I want to compound the problem by making a pick that doesn't really help and i think we've shown that uh, after the draft there are going to be opportunities to improve our football team whether they're in may whether they're in august whether they're during the season and so we don't look at this as the draft as the last stop um, for us to help our team for this season we look at it as just another opportunity to improve our talent level this year and going forward so you know i, I don't I, I, we've come out of it uh, the last couple of years and and you know it's easy for us to look at 17 and you know, we had two positions that we wanted to improve in the short term after the draft in 17 and it's a tribute to everyone in our organization that we were able to do that and you know during in a 2018 um we used the trade deadline to do that uh, and then last year you know, we we felt good about our roster and obviously injuries occurred and then we used during the season as an opportunity to, to get some guys that our coaching staff did a great job developing and bring them up and help improve our roster. So we'll look at every avenue to do that. We just don't want to be in a situation where we're forcing something.
3: Yeah, it's it's uh, next week. It's an opportunity in, uh, you know, the one thing you learned in this business is it, things can change quick and a position of strength, position can turn into a position of need based on injuries or other mitigating factors. But so you just want to get the best players that fit our team and our culture, as, as how stated. And, uh, that's and, and that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're going to execute next week. We have stacked the board as such and uh, we've done a really good job vetting these players. And uh, I think as, as we move forward with it, you're going to see uh, hopefully see players we bring in here that people are going to be proud of both on the field and off the field.
0: Okay, we'll go um, Bob and then
2: Ed Kratz. Hey, guys. Good morning. Question about – you're going to have a mock draft, the NFL, uh, to see how everything works before the draft, and I I imagine that's going to be huge. But what is your gut sense? There's there's a lot of
1: quarterbacks that potentially could come off the board. There's uh, a lot of offensive tackles that could come off the board, and uh, all those things could impact – what happens to uh, other draft boards what's your gut sense uh trader howie about how difficult it is to be able to swing trades in this draft and how many there actually might be
2: yeah you know question about about 2014 and some of my experiences and you know I, I know that we've talked about the 2014 draft and um right away that dynamic trade changed in the trade market um with trade that happened in the top 10. And then the price went up and uh then you know we had gone through a bunch of mock scenarios and and we had a worst case scenario and a best case scenario and so uh, you've got to be prepared for the worst case scenario you've got to stack the board in the way that you would be comfortable taking the 21st player on your board not you know hope and we we say this a lot you know hope's not a strategy we have that sign hanging up but not hoping that someone's going to fall to you and so we'll, we'll expect the worst and hope for the best and then we'll make sure we understand as the draft is going on, what's going on, you know, what, what's going on in the trade market, um, what people are getting, what people are looking for, where the run has begun, uh, where our board drops off. And that's one of the things that always makes draft day exciting and gives you butterflies, just like you're doing anything. You know, it's, it's something unpredictable will happen. There's no no way it will come off. It's happened to me only once that, you know, kind of came off exactly the opposite of what you're hoping for, but, um, we'll be prepared for every scenario
1: and do you have
2: any gut sense howie that the corona i mean the remote setup could dampen trades
1: you know well i, I know that we're
2: having the same conversations around the league that we always do you know a, a week out from the draft and the communication um you know we got a great group of, of gms and, and guys that uh, really do a great job communicating with each other talking to each other it, it's a fraternity so a lot of that conversation is happening now. And I think a lot of it depends on just how it goes and, and where people are and what people want to do. And, uh, you know, I don't think that there's going to be a lack of communication because we're, we're communicating on the phone during the draft. Anyway, you know, we all have each other's phone numbers. we we'll all have multiple phone lines. So um, I think that there'll be the same level of communication because that doesn't change. That's the one thing that's, that's not going to change. When we're in our draft room and we're talking to the jets, you know, that's, That's not face-to-face interaction anyway. It's Joe Douglas picking up the phone and calling us. Um, Joe, call us. We're here.
0: Uh, uh, We'll go Ed and then Rob Motti.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for doing this. Um, Given the number of injuries this team has had the last couple of seasons and without the ability to really do medical rechecks with your own uh, staff, and there have been some – Players, you know, some prospects that have had some surgeries since the combine ended. I mean, would you be hesitant to take somebody unless you were one hundred percent sure of their medical? Any, I think you, you, you take all the information. As we said, we, we we've got we really trust rely on our medical staff, and, and you take all the information that's acquired, and it's a case by case, uh, you know, situation you do with each player. Everybody recovers different, and you look at history and. Uh, and players, and and I think you just have to treat it as a case-by-case player and uh, and make the best decision based on the data that you have.
2: You know, Andy, it's a great opportunity for us also to thank, you know, our chief medical officer, Arsh, is unbelievable. You know, he's dealing with so much on his plate right now um, as a doctor and him being able to give the time. I can't imagine he's sleeping right now, but him able to give us all the information on these guys – you know, our new head trainer, uh, Tom, it has been unbelievable um, for him to kind of come in this. You know, Ted, our, our sports performance guy, for them to do the amount of work that they've done on this draft and this draft class and dig on guys and, and get as much information as they possibly can on all these studies they've done on guys. It's just, it's amazing. And I know they're disappointed because they're coming into these new spots. In their first off season in these new roles and I know how excited they were to really get rolling and build those relationships with the players and they're taking all that energy. To do whatever they can to help our draft process and just want to thank them and the rest of our training staff our strength staff and our, our team of doctors.
0: We're trying to get to as many as we can here so we'll go rob and then Elliot.
1: Howie, how much thought are you giving to the possibility that this season may be altered, it might be shortened, if it's even played at all? And how, that, how is that, could that impact what you may do in the draft next week, meaning maybe more willingness to trade next year's picks because there may not be an opportunity to see college football in 2020, so maybe next year's picks could be less desirable, whereas this year you know what you're getting? yeah you
2: could drive yourself crazy with trying to get involved in all the scenarios you know what if it's the opposite you know what what if uh, you know you, you go through the what ifs and i think we can control one thing and that's that we've had a full draft process here um, from may and we will have a draft next week and you know everything else is out of our control so we'll control what we can control and that's this draft And obviously, we always keep one eye on the future as well in future drafts. But uh, I think if you start going through these what-if scenarios, uh, you can drive yourself crazy. So we'll deal with the information that we have at hand, which is a great opportunity next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to improve our football team for this season and seasons beyond.
0: We'll
3: wrap up with um,
2: Elliot and then Daniel Gallen.
3: Uh, I was curious, outside of just speed, what qualities do you look for in receivers
2: that make you think they can stretch the field uh, on the next level? And then now that you've had more time to watch them, what are your uh, scouting reports on Henry Ruggs and uh, KJ Hamler? Andy, you want to just forward our scouting reports to Elliot? Right. Okay, that'd be great.
3: <laughs>
2: just kidding. Totally. There's Andy, you want to talk about
3: that. Yeah, I think it's it's just, you know, time speed and play speed. And, and I think you talk about when you're watching a guy play and, uh, you know, the, the, sometimes the 40 times don't match up with the play speed. But a lot of times you got to come back to uh, what you see on tape. Are they running by people consistently? Do they create gaps of separation? Um, I think those, those are all things. And, and it's evident when you do tape study on players and you see sometimes the quality of de- defensive backs uh, that players go up against. Um, but there's there's a lot of fast receivers in this draft. And, uh, you know, the, the play speed, I remember uh, when I, my time with the Steelers, Coach Noll talked about, they always talked about, uh, Chuck Knoll talked about play speed and play strength is different than time speed and, uh, you know, measured strength sometimes. So yeah, I think all those things, they, they go into, um, you know, the equation when you're factoring these players and in, uh, in how they run.
2: And, you know, Elliot, I think Andy makes a great point. You, you see all the time that a guy may run a 4-4, but then he gets in pads and he doesn't play to that time speed. And, and the opposite, you know, I know we tell our scouts all the time, I, I don't know that there's a faster guy in pads that I've ever seen in my 21 year career than Deshaun Jackson, you know, and that's not, he didn't run the fastest 40. So I, I think that we got to make sure that we're evaluating that. And, you know, Jeffrey, uh, I think it was last year, or the year before, Talked about all this data that we have, and that's what we're trying to also merge. You know, you have um, this RIFD data that gives you the speeds of guys. So we try to balance what they're running at the combine and also the speeds that we have collected. And I think that that's what we're trying to figure out to make sure that these guys aren't just good testers, uh, that they play fast in their pads, that we see it on tape, and then we, we use it like a seesaw. We kind of Make sure all that information is, is evened out as we go through our final grades. I was just kidding about the sending the scouting reports. With getting to know these players uh, mostly through video calls as opposed to being face-to-face, has this given you a, a new perspective or anything different uh, on these guys? Have you learned anything maybe unexpected you know, through most of it being virtual? Andy?
3: I think a lot of the, is the feedback is it's more one on one that we're getting is in, in our coaches and our scouts talking to players. And as we've done it, I think it's it's just you feel you're one on one in the room and you're alone and uh, you get 60 minutes. I think is, is what's mandated by the league. We have to be inside a 60 minute window and uh, it, it gets a chance to for, for people to really reveal themselves even more. So uh, they're not going to be going off to another department and, and, and meeting with other people. It's just one on one. You and the player and it gives them a chance to, to more so bear their soul and, and who they are and, and really get to know the, the person um, more. So.
2: Okay. I just, I on. just wanted a couple of things. I know, you know, we got a chance to get some of the questions. Um, I, I think Jason has announced he's returning today, right? Is that out? You said he's retiring from arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. The, the, we get when we get back to, to going out in philadelphia that'll be good that our fans don't even challenge them to arm wrestling anymore that's not good business um, you know i i know this is a difficult time for all you guys you guys I, I know the effort and energy you put into your work and your job and your craft and, and spending the time uh not just at your homes at your desks, really out all the information and i uh, just wanted to say i i know that this is a, a difficult situation for everyone in philadelphia but the fact that you guys to do your work and put forward content for our fans. We appreciate it. You know, we may not always act like it, but anything that continues to give everyone, you know, some distraction and some insight into Eagles football. So appreciate all of you guys. Stay safe and look forward to talking with you again here in the next week.
0: Thanks, Howie. Thanks, everybody.
3: Thanks, Howie.
2: Thanks, Alex. Thank you, Andy. Thank you.